0: Welcome to Chat Your Own with Candy and Noodle, the monthly chat show podcast about all things now, then, and tomorrow. It's a little politics, a little art and science, and a whole lot of feminism. Liberal as fuck. Recording. Welcome to Chat Your Own, Candy. Here,
1: Noodle.
0: I'm Noodle. How you doing, Noodle?
1: Well, we are here on take two, uh,
0: so, you know, we're okay, we're okay. Take, take two, reschedule three.
1: Yes, that's that's a fair point. My goodness, this is version 17 of this particular episode. But, you know, some, it, yeah. some things are like that right now, and we've got two options. We could say, fuck it, and burn the computers down, or we can uh, test out new approaches and new plugs and just kind of monkey around as much as possible and we're going with option 17 which is monkey around
0: anything that involves monkeys i'm usually gonna vote for that
1: everybody likes a monkey uh yeah. weird the book that i just finished reading had monkeys in it oh that is weird um yeah and unrelated to the book club that we're going to talk about i just finished reading a book that featured somebody who worked with monkeys in this as a scientist but like not not the good kind so it was upsetting. oh no yeah
0: mm. That's a sad book. It was a
1: sad book, but I'm glad we're talking about happy monkeys now,
0: right? Oh, see, that's nice. Yeah. That's it. Accidentally came full circle for you. That's barrel of fun monkeys. Barrel of fun monkeys. Aw, we're a barrel of fun. That is definitely what we're having right now is barrels of
1: fun. Just
0: yeah, barrels, fun barrels, oozing
1: barrels. out of our pores. Oh my
0: goodness! <laughs> I just can't believe the world, everybody. I, I think yeah, we're gonna we're gonna mini book club and just wrap about the last yeah. week. I guess. How yeah. you been? Um, How, how's your lock in the F down check-in?
1: So, you know, there's a lot of talk about the six-month slump. Uh, I would say I've been hitting the six-month slump. Uh, but that, at the end, does does help me feel a little better. A um, you know, it's funny because it's weird timing because it was my birthday, and my birthday was really great. Um, but it, it was overshadowed by the slumpy feeling of everything's hard and miserable. Um and endless feeling. But I have been combating it in a couple of ways. You know, we were all in the same outdoor space. So that was really nice for my birthday. I was right. very, very happy to see everyone. Um, and I've been writing postcards to voters. You know, we talked about that on the last episode with Jen. And I, like, banged out my 200 in, like, 15 minutes. Because I was like, oh, my God. Uh, the day that... Um, rbg died i did like 50 in a panic um so that's great i feel really accomplished about that and i'm like waiting for the date where i'm supposed to mail them out it's at the end of october so i'm gonna just try and get more somewhere and this week i've been attending this attending it being heavily in quotes uh interacting with a virtual conference um, sponsor that my my work sponsors and sends a bunch of attendees to called the Grace Hopper Celebration um, which is a women in technology event and it's been phenomenal I've been like weeping through keynotes it's you know I'm taking this um, the diversity and inclusion uh, track I guess is the word here okay. so it's all about like having the tough conversations and calling out when there's things that are wrong and you know, having, you know, facing your fears about calling people out. And it's, it's really, really, really good. It's, you know, there's a lot about accessibility and diversity and how to change corporate America. And I, I feel great about it. And did I mention that I've been sobbing my way through keynotes? Like, there's very serious stories, but it's like uplifting sobbing.
0: Right. Uh, that's, that's excellent. And it's not, doesn't surprise me mostly because uh I don't know I just for, for me anyway crying has kind of become pretty standard <laughs> um, so I'm like yeah no that makes sense that sounds I could see how that's real,
1: uh yeah I feel like I have emotional. not I haven't done any crying in a while so it feels cathartic I feel like I had really like I cried a lot in the first month or so and then I just ran out Um <laughs> and now on month 417 I'm kind of like I was all wrung out, I guess. But now I brought it back up to the surface.
0: You've built up yeah. some more. Yeah, and yeah. it's
1: and it's funny as I'm you know, attending this conference, all I can think of, I should volunteer next year, and make it better. So I'm probably going to do that because I am who I am. Right. And I was talking to my boss about it, and she's laughing at me. She's like, I am none part surprised by the fact that you're going to volunteer next year for this conference.
0: As expected. Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, I had the opportunity to be in our networking breakout rooms. So I got to talk about my company to people that are like interested in applying for jobs and so on. Like it's it's this really great combination of an actual recruiter and then an employee. So it's me. And right. somebody who, like, an- answers the technical questions and they're like, how do you do this? And here's what we're looking for and so on. And then somebody's like, tell me about your experience. And I'm like, oh, that's me. That's me. Let me tell you all about my experience. And i that's why I'm here. And I'm, like, full marketing all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and these are all women, which is great. This is, you know, a women conference. And they, they want to talk about really technical stuff. And I'm so impressed. They're like, tell me about your software engineers. And I'm like... I don't know any of that, but yay, culture. So <laughs> uh, so it, it's a funny juxtaposition, but it's it's so uplifting to see these people coming in who are so fucking smart and talented and interested in computer science and like deep in the STEM environment. And like, I won my robotics national conference of whatever for seniors. And I'm like, well, that is fucking cool, kid.
0: That is some serious. I won my
1: dare essay in fifth grade.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Right. So I got the dare bear. So
1: I'm like wowed by by this next generation of women coming through. So I'm very happy
0: about it. That's wonderful. That's a wonderful week. And it's Thursday. So you have one more day of conference. I have.
1: Yeah, it's it's run Tuesday. It actually goes through till Saturday.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: So which is weird. But yeah. you know, sure. Why the hell not? But I feel like if
0: in a in a travel yeah. sense, probably if you if everyone was traveling, yeah, that might be yeah. a little easier, huh? And this is your first totally digital conference, it like is. This, right? It yeah, it is.
1: And so I've had the opportunity to see really what's working and what isn't, um, because our digital stuff is coming up very soon. Uh, you know, um, my company throws our big yearly event at the end of October. Um, wow, which is yeah. we're going totally digital this time. So it's really interesting to kind of see and maybe be able to like pass over a couple of notes. Like the biggest one that I'm pretty surprised by is that they are not showing people's Twitter handles. And I feel like that's a big miss because we're looking, because they keep saying, oh, find us on social media, but on every nameplate, placard, whatever, every time there's a title page, show me your Twitter handle. Because I'm like, scrambling around trying to guess the spelling of things and trying to like figure out configurations and mm-hmm. do you have a weird name and should I just be looking up your company so um that's something that I'm definitely going to pass along to my company is to make sure that we include people's Twitter handles nice Yeah.
0: are they including the like the organization organization's no, handle on int- everything int- Not interestingly even
1: that? no there's no social media call-outs for
0: the presenters. And I feel like that's, that's something... That's crazy. It is funny that yeah. they're like, follow us here. And it's like, but where?
1: Yeah. Oh, no. I'm totally, like, faking my way through, like, trying to guess how people's <laughs> names are spelled and how they're presented and, and like, researching LinkedIn and totally faking wow, my way yeah, through. That's, yeah, you got the the a deep dive. If it's yeah. something
0: that you... Yeah, if someone you want to follow, you got to deep dive. There,
1: there was one woman who's, uh, whose company was named after her. I was like, this I can find. <laughs> and I did. And I did, and I felt really good about it. And so we had a, we had a, great, so. we had a nice Twitter exchange.
0: The week is, has been a smashing success. Yeah,
1: I I feel good about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I've really, I've enjoyed a lot of aspects of it.
0: That sounds nice. I have no idea what I did this week. <laughs> fair. I have I have no idea. We um, It's fair to say that life has been a bit of a blur since we got home from our couple of days out of, out of the house and it's been like house crazy since then so like the the floor has been torn up we had some water damage um so that adds to part of why like i have no idea what i did this week like the house like the way that shit is just in the wrong place Mm. is rubbing against my aura in the wrong way yeah i have no idea what's going on around me um all the vibrations are the vibrations are are wrong (laughs) too high what's going on uh, I mentioned earlier that I'm still wearing the tank top I slept in last night. So that's how my Thursday is. Woohoo! I, uh, yeah, uh, started some new physical therapy recently, which uh, I don't know if I told you this funny story. So I, cl- I had called before I started and asked, um, I had asked for a female therapist uh, for various reasons. And uh, th- the woman on the phone says, well, oh, they're, they're all women. I was very confused and flustered and I kind of responded with a <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> so never mind. I guess everything is fine. Excellent. I-, I will thank see you. you then. Cuz that's never actually never happened to me. No, I've me. never had a female ther- a physical 23 therapist. 23 years yeah. of physical therapy. I mean, I've had uh, I've, I've s- there have been female physical therapists at my facilities mm-hmm. that just didn't happen to be my therapist. Um I had a couple of aides that were women. Mm-hmm. Uh and actually, interestingly enough, it seems like all of the OT, the occupational therapy therapists, at least at my old place, were all women. Um, so I did have an, a one occupational therapist as a... As
1: I, a I am not going to lie. I don't know the difference between the two.
0: I believe the only difference is occupational therapy tends to work with like hands, mm. um, things that... repetitive work
1: fine motor skills versus gross motor skills. tiny
0: things repetitive Mm -hmm. things you're typing you're anything is it because you need them for
1: your occupation i think that might be interesting
0: yeah i don't i don't know for sure i do know though that i was like oh wow this is in a totally different room and this is a different place and you guys just have desks you don't have like pilates machines so it's different it's definitely different they do put your hands in in um paraffin wax sometimes which mm. is wonderful
1: that's basically getting a manicure right
0: i'm so that one hand was so soft <laughs> just that hand was real real soft and that's it and that's all i i have going on wait I did think. you actually you were in a place oh yeah i was in a place i am in a yeah yeah i mean truthfully i have been I, my life right now is a lot of doctor's appointments and physical therapy so i am I am actively at the doctor's office quite a bit.
1: Are you in mask and shield or just mask? Just mask. Are people near you? They don't require
0: anything other than mask, Mm -hmm. at least the places I've been to so far. Uh, But they're all really, really kind of on it. Like my regular doctor's office is, um, they're super on it. You walk in, they meet you at the door, you stop at a station, they give you a mask, even Mm -hmm. if you have one
1: on. Ooh, double masking. Excellent. Or you can
0: change it, but you can only change it right there. Right. So do it now. Um he gives you key now give before you th- <laughs> we leave. Uh-huh. They give you san- hand sanitizer. They make you do everything, and then you move to the next dot. Mm-hmm. And you stand by that plexiglass. So like everything has felt as uh, safe as possible. Right. Know. Organized. I mean I mean truthfully the because I'm in and out of doctor's office, I mean that's gonna be that's something that will definitely affect other social choices I make I and mean, right. I'm not I'm, I'm going to hold back on doing something that might be totally social
1: right
0: even though I'd be wearing a mask and distance and all of that just because like I feel like my my possible load is so much higher just because mm-hmm. I'm at a doctor's office so it's been it's been interesting yeah everything sucks <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it uh it, it really it really does uh that is correct as especially mm-hmm, as we're mm-hmm. about to I, go into think... the fall and winter it's it's going to get darker it's going to get less less <sighs> opportunities to see each other outside even um which mm-hmm. which feels like a suck and people are going to be shitty because it's the holidays I just I feel like there's a lot of that that's coming
0: I yeah I think it's unfortunate that we didn't get things <laughs> under better control earlier because yeah the holidays people unfortunately i mean it's supposed to be this time of like cheer and it's crap it's all crap um but people are high strung and people are already high strung because you know in a normal year everyone is high strung because it's all about money and it's about buying gifts and it's about how many events you can fit into 30 days and um you know now people have lost their jobs and And retail spaces are closed, and it's I I I really don't even know what December is going to look like. Yeah,
1: and it's interesting because on some on one side you look at it. Well, the stress of having to attend seventy five parties, right? You know, maybe maybe you won't feel so crammed, and instead you bake cookies with your family. But like, who knows? Who it? it, I have no idea what what does holiday depression look like when you can't even see anybody? You know what does what does a Zoom Christmas feel like? Um, and, you know, I mean, funny is not the right word, but I spent so much time 3,000 miles away from my parents that, you know, mostly I called them on Christmas and we, you know, mm-hmm. we FaceTimed later. So it was kind of already there, but you make up for it by having family dinner, you know, dinner with your friends and those sort of things. And I I think back about the first Christmas that I had in L.A. when I was 3,000 miles away from my parents and didn't have any friends yet. Um, and it was just me and my roommate who, you know, had been my friend for a long time, but we had, it was like the saddest Christmas we've ever had. We, we lay on the floor of our apartment, looking up the lights on our Christmas tree, which there's a scene in Grey's Anatomy that's, that came out like a week later. That was exactly the thing that we had done, which we thought was very funny. But like, it was like the saddest Christmas in the history of Christmases. And I feel like that might be reality for a lot of places right now. A lot of people is this, this Christmas is going to be bleak because... travel is going to be non-existent if you're being responsible and and careful and worried so yeah it's it's good it's a tough couple of months that we're looking at and oh man
0: i just realized we just we have no mall santas like that's not going to happen that just every day it's like a new especially as the holidays get closer it's a new thing that's like oh shit this isn't gonna happen this year um and i gotta be honest i mean malls drive me crazy and like I, I don't love them now but I used to love them and I love the idea of a mall and most often the only time you'll find me in a mall is Christmas mm-hmm. because I want to go shopping with all of my bags and my yep. peppermint coffee and I want to see Santa and like I, I, yeah I I'm miss shopping in person
1: everybody. I miss shopping in person very much I yeah you know Amazon well convenient is not the shopping experience that I am looking for in any way shape or form with no, the exception no, of not. convenience
0: right no I miss I miss browsing with no purpose touching stuff I want to touch all of yeah. your earrings that are hanging in the back of the store every yeah.
1: single one somebody, somebody asked me the other day what do you, you know, what do you miss and I was like I want to walk my ass down Ventura Boulevard and go into every single store and, and squeeze something in every single store it'll be awkward when it's not really a squeezy store but too fucking bad man I'm a whatever. I'm, 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 a de- I'm a pinch your deli meat. I'm not sorry. <laughs> pinch, 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 pinch. Touching all the cheeses. You know that's. Uh-huh. I just. I just want to do it. Oh, you sell blinds? Let me look at your blinds. Sure. You know. I just heard I, that noise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just. I want to. That's what I'm looking forward to. Being able to go in and out and, and not feeling like this overwhelming fear.
0: Right. No. I. Uh, that's funny because I. It. It, it is. Sensory to a point. Like I don't. Yeah. I miss touching at the clothes. i Now I'm, mm. that thing you do when you're going through a rack, like mm-hmm. back and forth, like this, the click you the thing of out of the and, and let it yeah. go back in. Because you didn't really want it. You were just yeah. curious. You're like, what is really that matter.
1: weird print? Why does it hang <sighs> that way? What? I the
0: just f- need to look at this longer. What
1: kind of scene right. is that in the middle?
0: I'm, I yeah. I do miss that. Uh, although I will say that when I I am out, I now have such sensory overload. Like, I already had kind of a thing about sound, and now it's, like, extra. Yeah. Just, it's a lot. Like, there's a lot of sound. There's a lot of lights. There's a lot of people, and that's kind of getting to me already. So, I imagine that by the time we're actually able to come out of our holes, that it's going to be a solid minute before I, I readjust.
1: I wonder... What, like, I wonder if, if they've done any kind of looking into or talking to people after, I mean, if anyone's even still alive. the like, 1918 flu, if they remember what that transition, like, back into normal society, right. like, what effect did that have on people? I mean, admittedly, like, not too long afterwards, there was war again. So, you know, you get bustled up anyway. But uh, I wonder what that transition felt like. And why aren't we looking at the, so that mental impact then for comparison and preparation? And it might just be everybody's already dead, so we don't have any. So or we could jump right. forward and look at the polio, like that summer of polio when everybody right. was, and so everybody stayed home. Like, why aren't we talking about that? Like, how did you feel when you first started to go back out? Like, what precautions did you what changed to prepare us for it now? Right. But the answer just Nothing. might be nobody gives a shit. Yeah. The yeah. answer
0: is nobody fucking learns. That's yeah. the answer. The answer is humans are yeah. unteachable.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> trash heaps. <Right? laughs> but just, just trash heaps. Just like giant, <laughs> giant burning dumpster fires. Yeah. So we were going to talk about. We are going to talk about hmm. the book we read, uh, which is Big Friendship: How We Keep Each Other Close by Immanuel So and Ad Free- and Friedman. Um, and we're still going to do that, but I, the other thing we were going to talk about that we're probably not going to touch on right now, we're probably going to move it back a little bit was our sustainable shopping.
1: You know what? Let's just talk about that in the holidays.
0: I, that's what I was yeah, just thinking. Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know what? I like it. Would you mind? I would not. If
0: I asked you your secret question anyway. Oh,
1: I do love a secret question.
0: So the secret question is, what is the oldest piece of clothing you have that once belonged to a friend?
1: Ooh, that belonged to a friend? Uh, okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna subcategorize that with one that I have that belonged to a parent.
0: Ooh, fair. Yeah, okay. that's a good one.
1: So I have a shirt that my dad had when he was like fifteen. And it's a t-shirt. Uh, it is green and it is a clear mannequin head. That says, you are safety in white. Um, And it is the softest, (laughs) most perfect. I mean, like, you can't wear it because it's clear now. Right. Um, But it is like this weird shirt that he had when he was a kiddo. And it totally fits me because my dad and I are short. Uh, Dad, if you're (sighs) listening, you're short. Uh, I love you. I love this shirt it's my favorite I cannot wear it but I love it love it love it so much it's like you know 60 years old right it's a great shirt oh that's a
0: good answer it's a Um, really good answer
1: and I I don't know that I have something that I mean I have things that belong to people but none of them are like especially fantastically old right so I'm gonna subcategorize again to a shirt that I bought with a friend that's very very old it is a t-shirt that I bought when I was 15. It's, I'm sorry, it's a button-down that I bought when I was 15 with a lane at the Salvation Army in Peekskill. So it was a thrifted shirt. Um, that we it's a like conception. Yeah, right? In the Salvation Army, which is, like, not a cool Salvation Army. It's, like, a gross, giant warehouse of shit. But it's this great white button-down shirt that has um, green and purple... You know, stripes with the little checking on it. Right. You, you know what I'm talking about. It's. I totally yeah, know what you're talking it's, about. They're not yeah. squares, but they're crossed lines. They do this and then um, this. I wore it basically every day from the age of 15 to like 22. Uh, it still fits me if I don't button it. Sure. I cannot button it anymore, but it's like the greatest shirt. It retained its structure. It retained its shape, like no problem. I've washed it a quadrillion times it doesn't smell like smoke somehow it survived my disgustingness right. uh and it like all of the pictures of me as a teenager I'm wearing this shirt and it you know I still rock it
0: i mean that's a solid shirt
1: it is it is i'm that's pretty a solid sh- piece of i'm pretty paper. sure that is also like a little boy's size 14 like it has a 14 on it so <laughs>
0: That seems... I don't know. It, it, it has no other tag. Probable. It just says
1: 14, so it could be anything. It but yeah, it, it was a little boy's dress shirt, and I probably bought it for two bucks, and it's... I love it. I love it that forever.
0: so focused. And,
1: it's, and it's never even lost a button. I don't know how that's, that's possible. It has all of its buttons.
0: That is to- totally crazy. I recently saw a shirt that has the inside button for, like, big boobies. Ooh! Have you seen this? They yeah. have, like, these button downs now that have, like, a hidden button inside. Yeah.
1: Keep your boobies keep them safe. To keep from
0: popping open because they do that.
1: Mm-hmm. That is an Constantly. advancement in technology. It as is. opposed it's pretty to exciting. suffer.
0: I haven't bought, I haven't purchased a button down shirt in I don't know how long. Yeah, I am mean, still happy about this.
1: Yeah, why would you, right? Tent do, top oh. and a cardigan forever.
0: Um, We are watching Psych right now. Um. Which was on? I think the first season was like 2006 or something like that. Heavy in the in like the mid aughts, you know, mm-hmm. very early 2000s. Weird button downs and and just every episode makes me think I dress like that every day. <laughs> I had so many pointed toe heels, like the super pointy toe yeah. ones, yeah, with like some dress pants. That nice
1: feel plate. like they're they add three to four inches to the front of your foot
0: to the front of your foot like yeah. you can see your foot way too early in your eyesight like yeah. in your eyeline when you're walking I, I don't know why
1: that was a thing but that was absolutely a thing you were you were wearing witches' shoes yeah. that had just been flattened yeah
0: and they were like i had ones with a tiny heel with like a two inch heel mm-hmm. like, which made it somehow feel long you know it feels longer if yeah. it was taller it would right. feel because you got like no, a slope but this is just then. out Right, <laughs> and and the sh- the pants had to be so wide at the bottom that you really only saw like half the foot and yeah. the tip of the toe. Yep, mm-hmm. your pants should do this; they should swish.
1: Classic. Whereas now we have the really nice like cigarette pant, peg legged, right. which really just looks better. Let's be honest. You want to flash? It a does little look ankle. better. I though I like Everybody's a
0: wide happy. leg. Mm-hmm. I like a wide leg. I just I, like pants. I I general. remember
1: transitioning from the wide leg dress pants to the to the straight leg totally. cigarette ones from exp- it was either from express or ann taylor and just been like i am so put together
0: i am so sleek and chic
1: right that was <laughs> i was like i i am just the epitome of fucking chic right now mm-hmm. and uh i never washed those pants so they probably should have been they, just,
0: they just fell apart one day yeah <laughs> and now they're gone <laughs> I was not I, necessarily was, I was less sustainable. cheek and more cheek then <laughs> Aha, zing <laughs> super zing um, I will say that I don't think i no, I don't think I any longer wow I don't think I have any of the older clothes that I used to have. I think within the last like five to seven years, a lot of the old stuff I had that was like a friend's shirt that mm-hmm. ended up in my crap somehow right. finally fell apart. Well, and also, I, I mean, any you, of you've ha-
1: made some very big life changes in the last five to seven years that involve getting rid of your crap.
0: That getting rid of crap. I do, yeah. however, still have my fifth grade graduation T-shirt, which I sleep in pretty frequently. That's that was That is gigantic um, because that was the way to do things in 1994. Sure. Like your T-shirt came down to your knees. Sure. Um, and so it fits really well. It's super soft. It's got... It's got a big nine and four, and we had two fifth grade classes in the school. Each class signed their name in one of the numbers. Like, Yeah. We were on the four. So I do have, I wear that. So quite often on my boobies at night is my name with a little heart over the eye. I
1: I feel like absolutely everybody owns that shirt. Right. If you don't still own it, you did own it at one point. It might not have been fifth grade. It might have been eighth grade. It might have been Mm -hmm. senior year or whatever. But everybody has that shirt Mm -hmm. and loved it desperately and went looking for their name instantly. Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a great shirt. The collar's falling apart finally, which Mm -hmm. is funny because it kind of looks like... It looks like if it was zombie flesh, like that's the way the collar is kind of falling apart in layers, like it's flaking off.
1: <laughs> zombie flesh. And I don't
0: care. So sorry, I wake up with some like weird green fuzz in my face. Whatever.
1: You know what you know what it is. It's not missing. I know where fuzz. it came from. Mm-hmm. It's my fuzz. It's your that's fuzz. Fine.
0: Um I think that we should get into let's do a what you read noodle. Aside from the book club. Aside from the book Aside club. Aside from the book club. Okay.
1: Uh, I'm gonna do two one that's very serious and one that's not so serious. The very serious one is Me and White Supremacy um, because we committed to doing a bunch of reading, not leaving Black Lives Matter as a hashtag, but actually like taking some actions to make some changes and so on. So I've been reading Me and White Supremacy um, by uh, Layla Saad uh, and it it is so hard. It is such a hard read. It is agonizingly painful. Not because the book is not well written. The book is beautiful. But it is it is an assault on so much of the things that you think you know about yourself and so much of the things that you think you understand about society. And it is it's excellent. But it's mm-hmm. hard. It's hard. It's self-reflective. You have to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, Well, I fucked this up. How am I gonna do better next time? Over and over and over again, through all these different aspects of your life. And that's hard. It's a hard thing to do. It's like a really serious commitment to be working my way through it. And it's it's a twenty-eight day program. Um and each each day you think about a different aspect of your life and you slog through onto the next one and It's tough. It's tough, but it's a really good read. And I, you know, I just, I posted about this the other day. Uh, There's a lot of I condemn white supremacy call-outs right now, and that's great, but what's the next step? And I would like to invite everyone who's listening to read this book as the next step because it's not a matter of just saying, well, white supremacy is a bad idea. It's a matter of looking at your role in society that continues to propagate it and, act against it Uh, it's not enough to not be racist you have to actually actively be anti-racist and this book really is a good push and um, has has inspired me all over the place especially like as I'm in this women's conference right now to look at the places where as a white woman where am I taking up too much space in this international conference and what what can I attend and listen um, you know, I don't need to to talk in the presentations and I don't need to ask the question. I just need to listen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it's been very, very effective on me. I feel I feel both affected and affected by it. So um, that's my serious book of what you're reading. My funny book of what you're reading as I just started reading Hope Never Dies, which is a mystery series starring uh, President Barack Obama and Vice President Joe Biden as, like, crime-solving heroes. And, I mean, I'm only, like, ten pages in, but it's very fun. I don't rem- I don't remember the guy's name who wrote it. It's the same guy who wrote Fifty Shades of, of Earl Grey that you gave oh. me for Christmas one year. Right. So I, his name is Andrew somebody. I don't know. Yeah, but it's yeah. cute. It's fun. I'm enjoying it. It's it's a nice balance.
0: That's the thing. You need some balance. Need some balance. Nothing wrong with balance. Is that and that book doesn't have monkeys though?
1: No, no. That's that was a that was, was a, a less book. less fun
0: book. Yeah, right. Different book. I you know what though? I kind of wish that maybe they did have a monkey. Though you know
1: what? I'm only ten pages in. A monkey might show up.
0: They could. Yeah. Wait, we don't know yet. Yeah, oh, how exciting! It's like Schrodinger's <laughs> monkey. There is, and is not a monkey <laughs> at so any keep reading. You never uh-huh. know. Yep. Which oh, that's now I'm gonna, now I'm to think about monkeys and boxes, and now I made it sad.
1: No, oh, well, I got to tell you, the book that I was reading that had the monkey called the Immortalist was sad. So we'll just skip oh, right over damn. those. Yeah, damn. Yeah. Yeah. We'll skip let's right think, over that.
0: Let's think about yeah. fun, fun monkeys. Fun monkeys. Uh, in and a let's barrel. just keep it. Let's keep it on the book thing. We we mentioned. Um, Big friendship in our last episode uh, because it is a beautiful book. I love the cover. Um, I love the colors. I accidentally themed my post its. I don't. Um, I think that was very intentional. I don't I just, pretend I a s- surprising amount of pink post its. <laughs> Different shades of pink. Um, so noodle, let's uh, you you do the thing. You so
1: I just. I, I mean, I loved this book. I loved it and loved it and loved it and loved it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very deeply invested in it already. I'm a really big fan of their podcast, call your girlfriend, um, about a pair of long distance besties and, um, feel, feel very connected to them anyway, because, you know, as, as I talk about on the show, like I'm from New York, a lot of my very close friends still live in New York. And so balancing that long distance relationship and kind of how we progress as people shows up very strongly in this book about the idea of how your friendships evolve, but also like how to center friendships in the same way that we center romantic relationships. And I feel like there's not a lot of conversation out there. Well, there's some recent, but there's not a lot of like deep analytical science out there about the importance of friendship. Mm-hmm. And how, how we behave in friendships. You know, there's that there's this myth of, oh, you know, there are some friends that you just pick up, even though you haven't talked to them in 10 years, as though you just saw them the day before and it's fine. And yes, that's absolutely a real thing that happens and so on. But that's not the kind of friendships that they're talking about. They're talking about the friendships where you make the active conscious commitment to one another to mm-hmm. say, We are in a committed relationship for life, essentially. And so how do I behave accordingly? In similar to how you, you know, process your romantic relationships. So they, you know, they talk about these kind of four burners of family, health, job, and friendship, and how it's really hard to blast on all four all the time. Like you have to turn them up and down. Otherwise, you know, your stove explodes. Um, and the one that most frequently gets turned off is the friendship one. Because they're like, oh, well, that'll be there when I come back. And, you know, how, how to actively work against that and instead commit to your friendships. And it's beautiful. Right. It's beautiful. Their relationship is, is so vulnerable and kind and loving and at times so uncomfortable and awful because they struggle you know they 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 talk about the idea of stretch, and I just I loved the concept of stretch. It feels so applicable because um, there's you know there's a lot of times like especially people that you're friends with when you were in college and then life changes and you grow in different directions. Sometimes you live in other states sometimes you you know people get married and have babies and so on and so forth and people are at different stages of life at different times and need different kinds of time and support and energy and that idea of deciding who stretches in the friendship who's going mm-hmm. to be accommodating to the other friend or who is going to be accommodated and is one of you stretching or both of you stretching do you notice that the other person is stretching like all of these, they really contextualize a lot of pieces that nobody articulates, um, and it's it it it's it reverberated so many times in my heart that you think about your different friends and different situations that feel so familiar that they go through and you you think oh man uh, we never talked about that moment and I must have really hurt them and fuck I need to make that better and. Yeah, yeah, I, I like sobbed all over the place reading this book. I know i yeah. talked talking about crying earlier, but there you go. That's two cries.
0: <laughs> it's um, it's the book, yeah. And
1: but yeah. but this book gave me joyful tears, in sometimes
0: which is different. Yeah, uh, yeah. I so I did not love it as much as you did, and I think I think I know why. And I think that's mostly because I have zero connection to them. Not that's only do I have zero connection mm-hmm. to them, but I have no. I, I I noticed it as I was reading it when I and I knew which parts of the book you were going to love mm-hmm. and like what parts of the book were going to resonate with you, I think. And I p- I also knew that a lot of the book was going to resonate with you, and it didn't it wasn't going to with me the same way. And part of that is because I did not build any friendships that way. I do not have college friendships. I do not have sorority style friendships. I never met anybody that way. I was never introduced that way. I don't have. Work networking style connections. I've never made a friend like that. So it was not...
1: That's
0: interesting. Yeah, I did not catch... I did not feel any of that. What I did feel was the... Uh, exactly what you're saying. The this, the discussions about friendship and how that is just... It's not talked about. I actually, your mom and I were talking about it. Because um, Ter-
1: Teresa, who is absolutely listening, read the book as yes. well.
0: I told her, you know, I my mom... I feel like their generation didn't have you didn't have friends like this and one of the reasons you took friendship off the burner was because you were expected to I mean, once you hit a certain age and you got married and you had babies you were not expected to have friends you were expected to have family Um, and I think that when I was younger I know I actually don't think I know that you know my mom and my aunts were like Kind of weirded out by my friendships. I definitely, it has definitely been questioned throughout my life if I was a lesbian. Right, which, yay, absolutely. Right, they, they just didn't have that. You know, you had friends in school, you had best friends, you had close relationships, but at a certain grown-up age, that became not something you were supposed to focus on anymore. I mm. think. Um, so seeing it in me and seeing it in me beyond high school age. Um, in, you know, in my early 20s, still being so close with other women, I think was surprising, just very mm-hmm. surprising to them. And I was like, why is that surprising? I, I didn't understand kind of the pushback to it. After reading this book, I think that I recognize and understand a few things that have happened throughout my life a little bit more in regards to people not feeling the same way I do about the importance of friendships. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay, excellent. I, you know,
1: I, I didn't really think about that, that idea of the sourcing of friendship and mm-hmm. how that changes, whereas most of your friends you grew up with your whole life, right?
0: Grew up with my whole life. Yeah, I didn't really, any friends I made in my early 20s were either short-lived, um, not the kind of friends that I made forever, or they were friends that, yeah, that were much, much older than, or younger we were much younger when we right. began our friendship, so it was it was different. Yeah,
1: interesting. Not to say
0: that I don't have old friends, I have super old friends. Mm-hmm. Listen, bees, I didn't mean you're old. I meant
1: oh no, where I mean we old. It's fine. <laughs> we, no, that's
0: true. You know what we I mean. We are very,
1: very. I just turned thirty-eight, bitches. I am old, and if I am old, you are old. We all are old together. We all old. I just um, had to stop saying I'm in my early thirties as of yesterday I have to stop saying it so
0: (laughs) there's that that someone told me I actually there was a memo that said yeah just so you know
1: 38 is
0: not your early 30s anymore stop it now um I did have I mean I definitely had feelings while reading this book just in general about pandemic time for sure just the idea of this wasn't not that we choose to leave friends behind or, or, you know, that is part of our purpose when we move forward to another step of life is like, ah, OK, I'm going to ditch all these people. Usually it just happens. Yeah. Um, but in this sense, in our current state, it was forced upon us. We were forced to not make new friends right now and not explore our friendships that we've built and spent time on and hopefully, you know. We spent enough time on that they're going to survive this. because yeah, that's, this is scary.
1: I think that's that's a great point that we only have so ma- only have the bandwidth to de- to maintain so much connection uh, mm-hmm. outside of work with all of the other things that are miserable and miserable and miserable. You know, the first the first two months of quarantine, everybody was having Zoom hangouts, and eventually you just stopped doing it. Cause it's too hard and everything else is too much and too much. And you think, okay, well who, who do I have the ability to maintain the commitment to? And what does that look like? Right. Uh, and that list is get shorter and shorter all the time. And that's okay. You know, that's, that's okay. That I, I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. It's just a reality thing. And so that brings us back to where are you willing to bend and who are you bending for and who are you stretching for? Um, Right. Quarantine times magnify that stretch, and thank goodness we have the technology to continue those attachments. Because if this had been as little as fifteen years ago, that would be it. You mm-hmm. know, right? I mean, I mean, may, f- maybe twenty. I, I guess fifteen years ago there was some internet, but like, but
0: not like th- I mean yeah. not like this. Just in general, like we'd be able to send a text fifteen yeah. years ago. But it was. On- it would take ten was- minutes,
1: on, and your thumb would be broken.
0: Right. right. It just it, yeah. things just weren't as simple. Yeah. And that definitely has worked its way into in, and in ways we don't realize until we're analyzing it into our relationships yeah. and how we're maintaining things. I mean, I, I mean, just my current romantic relationship. This is the first time that I spent so much time communicating with someone via text that I was building. I mean, that things are different, man. Yeah. And uh, thank goodness we do that. We have those tools because yeah. I. I don't know how those 1918 people did it. It does allow you
1: to keep better touch and can, you know, it allows you to invest time and effort in a way that is also manageable in your day to day. So, you know, when they talk a lot about like life changes and how, how you kind of work around that. And in the book, they committed, you know, two, three hours a week to stand on the phone and this, that, and the other. And that's not always possible anymore. You know, the, as as we grow up, and neither the the two the two authors have children, so mm-hmm. that that varies in terms of like time commitment. So it's it's a it's a slightly different. But they both talk about their friends that do have children and how they work on those things. And you know, f- for me, my two closest friends from home both had children basically at the same time.
0: Oh right.
1: Um, and I didn't have kids until like you know. Eight year, eight nine years later, so there was nine years of me trying to balance with with them. Of one not calling them in the middle of the bedtime of bedtime, which I'm sure I did a million times, especially in the beginning like totally fucked it up and like was butt hurt about stuff and like, "Oh, why can't you talk to me on the phone? How your kids are always crying?" Like, because that's just reality, and those are things that you don't learn about, you fucking moron, um, and you know but also like trying to not be a dick about it was and i'm sure like you know i i definitely made phone calls i were like i'm really sorry that i was a dick about it um so but willing to willing to go through that rough patch to know that that our friendship survives that and is bigger than you know minor inconveniences of can't get a sentence out for six months and that's okay you know Right. When when you when we all can get a sentence out for six months, then we can talk about the things that need to be talked about, and like those sort of s- stretches really resonated within it. That that mm-hmm. idea of like making those formal commitments to each other and saying we're going to get through this patch because we've decided together that we're going to get through it, right? Which is similar to what you know. That's that's a thing that happens in marriages. They just don't right. really ever talk about it outside of marriage.
0: No, no they don't. And and when I got divorced, I very quickly felt like wow, I let a lot of relationships go. Um and I I I don't know if it was right, you know, we all make choices. I I don't think it was on purpose. You know, I, again, I don't I don't remember ever making a conscious decision to of I'm not going to speak to so and so cuz I am busy and this person has not been moved to category 2. The second tier of communication, (laughs) (laughs) like, that did not happen. Um, But, yeah, after, you know, coming out of a marriage and realizing, wait a second, there are all these relationships here. And it's not just a marriage, it's anything. I mean, you get, you can get a a new job and you become so incredibly, there's nothing wrong with wanting to do well. There's nothing wrong with wanting a marriage to do well. But, (laughs) you know, we, (laughs) the more that goes on, the more, the more that we have less time every day. Yep. And it's just less, less energy to output. We are expending so much energy, just nine to five. or Cleaning your house. I mean, for crying out loud, just, we just had a huge conversation about grass and lawns and how fucking stupid. We're all, you know, the two of us, are, we're trying to, what? We're trying to get our front lawn to look great because someone told us that lawns are supposed to look great. Meanwhile, uh, we're, we can only grow grass that does nothing. And we're all killing ourselves. <laughs> make the front yard look perfect um and those little things we don't think about every day we don't think about in the back of my head I'm thinking about my front yard and that's energy that I'm not putting into a relationship yeah those things build up and I kind of just feel like as time goes on they're just easier to build um and you do you have to make a conscious es- effort to look at all of your relationships
1: and and the the pieces that I think are interesting is when they decided when the stretch wasn't worth it when am I not going to stretch? When have I decided right. okay, you know what this is this is not doing any of us any favors and that absolutely mm-hmm. happens you know everybody has relationships that fade away um, or have relationships that they decide to remove themselves from and it's mm-hmm. hard it's hard to look at it and it's hard to evaluate it. and like going through this uh, every now and then I was like, maybe I should call that person and ultimately I kept deciding no because, there was a reason that I stopped e- engaging right. with that person. There was a reason that I made a conscious decision to say this person, the, the return here is not good for either of us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, and that, that happens. And it's, it's hard. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a sticky sort of friend. <laughs> once, once I have decided that I'm going to be your friend, I'm basically your friend. You have to work really hard for me to not be your friend. And, and <laughs> I, you know, I can basically count it on my hands like twice of that having happened. Um. but yeah I mean reading this book made me think oh god did I make terrible choices and then I, and then I got further into the book and I was like oh no I've I've made I've made quite healthy choices. I did
0: okay yeah. I did all right yeah uh I do I do think that at the end of the book overall I felt I felt good about being a grown-up and like choices I've made in the past so many years to maintain certain relationships and like cool you know what I learned a bunch of shit at that time too like even though I didn't have an exactly similar situation I definitely uh read the book and went oh yeah I fucked up about that time I did these things I did these Mm -hmm. things that was weird I'm really happy and proud of myself that I'm not doing these things anymore or that's yeah
1: that's a good one at least recognizing the people that I love I've become a better friend as an adult Yeah, yeah that's a good one um I really loved I think how or, you know, I mean, as, as much as you can ever know anything about anybody's experience, how honest they were about their challenging times.
0: That they, it really yeah, felt yeah. like
1: they were just putting it out there and been like, we had some shit. You know, we hurt each other repeatedly. We we failed at our communication. We almost ended our podcast. This book never would have happened. And. I, I hurt with them reading those parts because I think about the episodes that they recorded during those times of their hard times
0: um, right.
1: and think, well, how did they manage both? And the, they talk about how it's a business. And so they ultimately go to couples therapy, which I think is so fucking wonderful. Oh, my God. I love it's, it. It's so honest. Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. people don't talk about people just say oh well I'm not I'm not married to this person this doesn't fucking matter but they were like we got money in it we got skin in the game we committed to each other and so let's fix it Mm -hmm. uh and I I think I think it's beautiful and um yeah I I hurt with them through the book when they were hurting yeah through through Aminatu's um times that she was sick through the very difficult racial conversations that they were having, right, and that i mean Jesus <laughs> that, that i mean that was hard to read it's hard to read, and it's hard to look at yourself and think can i um, am i am I a safe space am I a mm-hmm. person that is able to be somebody's white friend in a way that's not you know that's helpful and productive and i don't mean helpful but i mean like
0: that's not somehow damaging yeah that's
1: not damaging yeah. that's that's a better word for it thank you i was like helpful is, is not the word uh in know in a way that that's not shitty right. um and so reading this in conjecture with me and white supremacy uh was was like an interesting double double punch to it um but one of the things that i think is so um clear in their friendship is Anne's commitment to being I mean not to support Mm -hmm. um that when they talk about you know they talk about shine theory which is so glorious and we like I love shine theory which is that idea of amplifying one another that if you if you don't shine I don't shine where you just constantly are working to promote believe in encourage expand one another's successes Mm -hmm. um that Aminatu when, when um when Shine Theory came out, everybody just kept talking about Anne, and Anne constantly was like, Nope, this is Aminatu. This is this is Aminatu and I. This is I and always put her name first all the time because she recognizes that as as the white woman, it's you know, they're just gonna say, Oh, white lady doing this, that and the other and she says, No, I'm going to consistently center my black friend who did all the fucking work. Right. Um and I just I think that that, that comes through so much in this book and really magnifies the shine theory that they talk about. So it's, it's not just a, here's a theory. Like you can see her actively performing it in the book.
0: Yeah. Which I did love. Yeah, I, All of that was uh, the, that dynamic of their friendship um, was, was wonderful because yeah. I think we're, you know, we're taught to, <clears throat> be passive about a lot of things and Mm -hmm. just be quiet we're also taught that you know you don't ask certain questions because you don't want to be offensive Mm -hmm. unfortunately that has led to a lot of people not learning anything Yep. um so i just think you know the fact that anybody is able to have that honesty in a friendship is freaking gorgeous yeah because it's not easy i mean it's not we question ourselves so much let alone questioning each other or society or like the way you know the way we're perceived is on our mind so much and if you're a good person you don't want to make someone feel bad which maybe lends to you not speaking at all right or asking the questions at all
1: as opposed to being the kind of friend who will tell you the truth and you work Mm -hmm. through it together like there's this one part where Anne gets a terrible haircut and (laughs) Aminatu instead of telling her it's fine was like well I guess we won't be wearing any polka dots so she acknowledges the fact that your hair looks terrible, but here's a plan. we can, we can change make it, right, we can make it work, worse. yeah yep yeah. yeah. and and that's good because you you want to have friends who will tell you the truth, like yes, it's nice to always have a cheerleader, but it's more important to have a partner, and they that. really talk about their relationship as a partnership,
0: yeah, yeah, and it's 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 also nice to hear just because i you know we put a lot of stress on our romantic relationships we you know you, you rush, you're supposed to rush to find a mate and rush to build your life with that person and rush to put all of your time into it um and the truth of it is like that's just not your only relationship it's yeah. it's not good for for everything that you need out of interactions with other people to be from one person yeah
1: it is deeply unhealthy and yeah. I, you know it's interesting our our interesting our rate of divorce is so high and i wonder if it's because of that because it's too much for one person uh and that's not to say that i'm arguing against um, against monogamy i that's that's not the argument that i'm making but we're social creatures and you know i i know that i get things out of my female friendships that i don't get out of my marriage they're Absolutely. Totally different relationships, and they fulfill different parts of my soul. Frankly, mm-hmm. uh, I you know, Mike would not want to listen to me talk about this book for an hour. <laughs> Though, admittedly, okay. he has. He just didn't really engage. He just mm-hmm. wasn't like,
0: "Yay, let's yeah. do this." Yeah,
1: yeah. No, uh, I talk to. Yeah, Gotta have other people and other interests and and really other opinions and.
0: Yeah, I yeah I think there's a lot less resentment towards someone who feels like they're not ever interested in, in the things you're interested in when you realize it's okay to have someone else to yeah. talk to about you that. have thing. Somebody else it's who okay. is interested, yeah. That someone yeah. else connects with you on that level. Like yeah. it's not a bad thing. And that's what I actually, what I do love about their friendship is, you know, they are, I mean, I've all often called Jess, my soulmate. Yeah. Um, these, these ladies are, they're tight and they're, they understand that they had a connection that was important enough to, work on because things don't things aren't always just going to like be easy Yeah, it's just life is not that way it is not that way uh also I do think my favorite part of this book is the uh voice that they wrote it in (laughs) I love that they wrote we and then spoke with first names when they were speaking about a particular story but anything that encompassed them together was just like a first person we, which was very yep. cool and flowed, yeah, really, really well.
1: And the that voice, I for me, comes through so clearly in the podcast, which is why right. I was like so deeply invested in it.
0: Well, that's excellent that yeah. I picked that up yeah. though from the book. I mean, yeah. they obviously, this is how they communicate, and they, they, have, they have a great well. dynamic. Yep, yeah,
1: yep, for sure. Uh, and I also love their references to themselves as frog and toting. Like when they are wearing well, they say that they frequently are wearing um, outfits that look as though they're shopping at the same store, even though they're buying slightly different pieces. Right. And I thought that was so sweet. It just and, you know, I've been reading a lot of Frog and Toad to Revel, and it just their friendship is, is an adorable dynamic as well. Um, so I uh, I really, really connected with it and it made me made me happy because I feel like we do that. We will frequently show up wearing oh, totally. slight variations of the exact same outfit. There's a very um,
0: good possibility yeah. that four of us will walk into a room and everyone yeah. will be wearing a different kind of stripe. Yep. Why
1: we're, the hell
0: we're not? We're all wearing gray today. Yeah. Huh. Right? Weird. Right.
1: Um, which, and I just, I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a great book. I think it's, it's a solid read uh, if you have female friends, if you uh, want to be. Have better female friends if mm-hmm. you want to be a better friend. Um, I I think I think it's a great book.
0: Yeah, I mean, even if 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 you are wondering how am I a good friend? Yeah, like am I do so am I doing this right? right like, are you I ready? my feelings about this relationship yeah. right? Like normal?
1: I'm gonna look in that mirror, guy. Very very right. self in, in, introspective for sure. That is
0: uh, so funny. Yeah. One of my tabs here is the um the mirror. Uh. The, the Greek, the Greek philosopher, the mirror situation where your friends or your family or whoever, those are, that's the mirror you can't look away from. Mm-hmm. And I always use the sex in the city reference to that Greek philosophy, which is when Samantha gets heavy when she's living in L.A. and because she's not in love anymore and she's just eating because she's not having sex with everybody and she goes back to New York to see them and they look. At no, her no, they, like, they come oh, to L.A. God. They come to L.A. No, no. This is when she goes there for um, the book, a book party. She's in she's in uh what's carries redone apartment. The brand new apartment. Oh, she's got the okay, little dog. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And and she her belly sticking out. Yes, I remember the scene and, of her belly sticking yeah, out. Yeah, and they say like they she was finally looking into the three mirrors that she couldn't avoid. Because right. her best friends were telling her dude something's obviously wrong. I was like uh, this is important. Yeah, You're not okay. Yeah. So I thought I thought it was really cute that they made that reference. Yeah.
1: So that's oh funny because I, rem- she- I remember that episode as being like there in LA, but no, she came home. You're right.
0: Mm-hmm. She came home and it just did not go right. well. Yeah. Well, it did, you know. Yeah. She, had, she got cake out of the deal. Delicious. Oh my God. I would love some cake right now. <laughs> I could hardly just an entire cake, probably. I had a grilled cheese for lunch and I was like, I could eat nine of these.
1: Uh, I ate a lot of cupcakes today, so I am not currently craving cake delicious, delicious birthday cupcakes that a week later are still good. Not (gasps) until it,
0: until it starts to literally fall apart. I think. Yeah. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Still delicious. Uh Still delicious.
0: Um, do you want to, do we want to do our political minute?
1: I do, but beforehand I just want to do one quick loving shout out to all my ladies.
0: Um,
1: because this book really like filled me with love and I'm not going to name everybody's names because you guys know who you are, but I just want to say that I love you all so much and I am grateful for every time you stretched for me and every time I had the opportunity to stretch for you and we survived it. So, I love you ladies. Thank you.
0: And we survived it. Yeah. I think that's excellent. <laughs> that's beautiful. you tearing up. Yeah, right? You. Yeah. Brian, 2020, just normal describe. as fuck. Uh, Just cry especially sometimes when it comes to politics
1: yeah <sighs> political minute fight. um so because this episode has been pushed a couple of times the ca- the the political minute has changed rapidly uh <laughs> it was originally gonna be about Kamala, and then it was gonna be about r b g um fucking that losses. Is- Uh, That's a very, very hard loss. But I'm not going to talk about that. Um, Instead, it's about the debate. (laughs) Um, Uh, Which was a lot to watch. Um, And, you know, kind of universally, the response has been... This was a shit show and everybody's unhappy and everybody failed and blah, blah. But I just the thing that I want to call out um, pretty, pretty solidly here is that Trump went into this debate with no intention of telling a plan. He did not prep for Joe's policies. He did not prep to um, to answer any questions. He went he prepped to trigger Joe Biden's stutter. That was his entire goal to anger, to antagonize, to overwhelm, to bully Joe into stuttering so he could say, Oh, oh this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Look at him, he's a mess. And and Biden Biden really rose above that yes there was times where i told him to go you know shut the fuck up and he was it's he was very funny he had a, a couple of great one-liners and he has moments where he stumbled but what he didn't do was cave in in the face of that and allow that man to bully him actively and 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 and, and you know fall apart and i say hats the fuck off to biden and in that moment where he says yes my son has a drug problem and he's working really hard and i love him he stood in the face of a man who really could give a shit about anybody and he claimed his his child who was struggling In the middle of the opioid crisis, because obviously we're still in an opioid crisis. We don't talk about that, but it's still actively going on. Uh, Biden said, I love my son. I am so proud of my son who is working every day to not do drugs. And I think those are the moments of compassion that really define who Biden is.
0: That was beautiful. That was eloquent. Uh, that was a nice summation. That was way better than I could have done. <laughs> uh, I uh, I only watched probably the last I don't know the the last quarter of it because uh, I was not planning to watch it. And I, uh, you know, we turned on the television. Oh, because we were we we're going to record that night,
1: That's right. right? And instead, so my like, eh, my car died, and I was listening to it on the radio.
0: Mm-hmm. And I yeah, and I watched, and uh, I was. Tired immediately uh, Embarrassed You know And I want to say Like most people I felt like this But the, I don't know That that's true Because <laughs> I think A lot of people Unfortunately somehow Watched it And went Yeah this sounds great okay. And I don't understand that But that exists So I don't want to say Like everybody I was pretty pissed off Because that's obviously Not true Yeah um, But I think You know I don't know I think I hope anyway that people who are Trump supporters, who were hoping to watch this to see, to get information, once they didn't get real information, information were like, "Huh, what a weird time to not give information," and and kind of thought about it. Uh, that's but a great <laughs> lie. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. But I don't uh, think that that's true. And I'm, I don't know. I don't know, man. I I don't I don't feel good about the the debate. I did not watch, or maybe it hasn't happened yet. The Pat's Harris hasn't happened yet. It's next week. (laughs) I I think think. it's next
1: week. Yeah,
0: Um, I'm a little more interested in watching that, uh, mostly because those there are two people with real political career experience Mm -hmm. (laughs) and history. And I am way more interested to hear those two people yeah. speak to each other. Because, quite frankly, Donald Trump has nothing to say. No. Nothing to offer and no experience. And I, I wouldn't listen to him tell me how to change a tire. <laughs> so why would I listen to him talk about being the president? He yeah, that's, that's, you know, a,
1: that's a good point.
0: Uh, so, meh. Yep. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, think, I think that's fair. My, my favorite tidbit about the debates... Is that he sent out an email to his supporters before the debate started claiming that he just got off stage and defeated Joe Biden. That's my favorite.
0: And and that it
1: went out before the debate started.
0: But. The amount of people that aren't going to realize that. Yeah. The amount of people that, quite frankly, don't get time zones and live television and streaming events yep. well enough to notice the timestamp on yeah. that. Is problematic. Uh, is why we're. I mean, sure.
1: You know what? You could write that email whenever you want. You could write Absolutely. that email the day before. Right. You can write that email an hour before. It doesn't matter. Don't hit send. You don't
0: hit send. Don't
1: hit send. And what we neither of us mentioned was the white supremacy stuff. The fact that he oh, did away. not condone. He he did not condemn white supremacy. He had a standby call out to the Proud Boys. It's a big fat fucking problem, which has led to the I condemn white supremacy challenge on internet Mm -hmm. which is great but like next step is do the fucking work and dismantle the system but we talked about that earlier so
0: yeah uh, that's part part of me wonders if he i don't think i don't know i'm 50 50 on whether or not standby was purposeful or he's just a fucking idiot who doesn't read a teleprompter and can't handle any sort, using any sort of pre-written responses to anything because he mumbles so much and the things that come out of his mouth he doesn't mean. And I, I don't know. I just doubt that he... It doesn't matter what, he, what his intention was because it was received like it was received and, you know, people are... It's a call to arms on the internet okay. in, in Proud Boy City. So... It doesn't matter if he meant it or not. It's the same problem. The problem is if you meant it, you're saying the wrong things. If you don't mean it and you're just that, you just don't have enough respect for the title and your role that you don't even take the time to make sure you're speaking correctly. Yeah. Either way, it's the same level of fuck you. <laughs>
1: And interestingly, he, uh, he claimed today that he didn't even know who the Proud Boys were.
0: I saw that, yeah.
1: Which makes me, again, nervous because are you just not reading any of your briefings? Exactly. Because I could tell you a lot about the Proud Boys and I don't get national security briefings.
0: For some reason, I mean, I should.
1: I should be getting national You should.
0: You should because you will properly distribute the information.
1: I don't only need charts and colorful graphics.
0: And then, like, some fries. Yeah. All right, that's a lie. I need the fries. I want the fries (laughs) if someone's giving me charts and graphics. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I think, uh, on the one hand, I'd like to say that the debate was disappointing. Uh, On the other hand, I didn't expect a damn thing from it. Which I, which in itself makes me sad.
1: Yeah, so we'll we'll see what they change for the next one. If they give us a mute button, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Um, do we have anything to promote?
0: Well, we do have. Uh, we were gonna talk about our uh, Black Lives Matter three months check-in, and yes. you, which you did.
1: You mentioned that is that is something good to promote.
0: Yeah, you mentioned some stuff earlier. Um, I have. I got my. Lip Slut lipstick Excellent. Uh, Last month So Lip Slut is, is a black owned company um, And they Prepare uh, campaigns Where they, they do like lip glosses and stuff For whatever the campaign is The money goes to whatever charity Maybe is tied to that issue um, In June I did order my uh, Fuck Trump lipstick My Fuck Trump lipstick From Lip Stuck, Slut And that came so I was super stoked about that And um, I also have... I have my my new website is coming out. Actually, it should be up tomorrow, which is really exciting. Um, And I have... I have decided that the About Me section on my website uh, is... It is currently just Signal Boost, uh, BLM links, things like the Bail Project, things that we've talked about, things that we've gone to. It will link to a couple of places. Um, And I was putting this together, and I thought, you know, I am not... (laughs) Look, it's not like my site has a ton of traffic. Um and I, I hate to be like I have this thing that I'm just going, I, I it it should I hopefully it isn't seen seen as performative because my thought is any, every click I do get with like a new website and brand new stuff and brand new things I don't I don't have anything else to say. My website is already about me. You know this is my product. These are my words. This is what I'm doing. I don't need another section that says again this is what I'm doing. This is kind of what I'm about right now. So that's what I think that was a good that thing doesn't do. feel
1: performative. Sending I, I, p- sending people away yeah. from your website to other links to support the work that uh, Black people are doing. Does not feel performative at all. That feels like excellent. it's the, yeah, that, and that's kind of what, what the aim is, is to center the work that's being done mm-hmm. rather than your own work. Right. So I think that's great.
0: Oh, excellent. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad we talked about it. Yeah. It made me feel better. Cause that is one of those things where like, you know, maybe that's one of the things that you don't do. You don't say because you feel like, well, this is going to be perceived a certain way. Um, and, you know, I, I might have had a little armpit sweat for a second and been like, wow, is this the right thing to do? But I'm I'm glad I did it.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, that, and that's one of the things that me and white supremacy talks about, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I was able to have an answer there, um, is ha- being uncomfortable in the moment. And that's okay, and doing it anyway. Because what mm-hmm. you're doing is sending new eyes to links that they might not have had exposure to. Yeah. That is somebody else's work. So yeah yay!
0: yeah that's Excellent. that's that's important yeah and I, I would like to read me and white supremacy oh yeah sure i already have a stack of noodle books I'm yeah to my stack of noodle books throw it on pile it's um fine. yeah that's uh
1: the next one that i'm going to read after i finish my fun book is how to be anti-racist how to be an anti-racist um which i will talk about on our next episode
0: I like that. How to be an anti-racist. Yeah. How to be an anti-racist. Not just right. Yeah.
1: Not, it, huh. It's not That's enough to title. not be racist. You have to be right. actively anti-racist. Right. That's so. a
0: really good title. Just that, that one difference. Yeah. What that yeah. actually means. That's a big deal. Yeah. So. I feel uh, better. Do you feel better? At I do. Chatting? I'm
1: glad. I'm glad we did it because it, it took us a hot minute to get here. So. um it did. On, you know, the next episode, we'll talk about the sustainable stuff when we get there or, you know, maybe yeah. Christmas, whenever we get there, we'll get there. And, it's
0: coming. And, you know, if I you know. guys have things, questions or things that are on your mind about sustainable clothing, hey, there's yeah. more
1: time. Yeah. Let right? us know. now it's a good time to ask us. Um, in closing, we would like to encourage you to vote. Uh, make sure you are registered to vote. Check your status. We'll drop a link um, for where you go to check on your status because you never know when they fuck up your stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. make sure you vote have a plan bring your friends um, talk about it normalize voting because what we need is a massive blowout turnout that there is no
0: possible way to challenge yeah yeah normalize normalize talking about voting this is not Uh something we should be ignoring it's not a topic that should be such a hot like we shouldn't talk about this at the dinner table Um, fucking talk about it at the dinner table. fucking talk about it it's important. I'm,
1: I just got my like sample ballot of here's the 750 props uh, that are I on, too. and I'm so excited to dive into it. Like I can't wait.
0: I, I know. can't I'm wait. Bring my post doing it and, like, this weekend. Pens. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. yeah, going through. And... Make it fun. Make it a project. Make yep. up of tea. Mm-hmm. Pour a beer. Whatever. Yeah,
1: I feel like uh, I feel like we in in the good old days we would have sat down together and gone through as a group, but
0: yeah we would have
1: Yep, but now uh, just you know do it and talk about it talk about your opinions be the resource for other people if somebody calls you up and says hey what do you think about this have an opinion
0: yeah use your voice yep tell them what you think use it use it even if it shakes ah that's a, yeah that's a good line
1: that's you know what that's, that's the ending line that's it that's it, that's it. we're good that's,
0: right. that's it right uh, there uh, yeah. catch up with us we'll see you guys soon
1: yep yep yeah. thanks, for, thanks for joining us on this adventure
0: Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. If you loved Big Friendship, if you read it, let us know. We will talk about it soon. We are happy to spend time with you guys. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye.